you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. In house. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Are you ready for the word? We almost. Hold on. All right. All right. Amen. We thank the Lord again this morning. Was you blessed? Amen. Amen. Is this going to be a permanent thing? Um, <laughs> amen. I tell you. I don't know. Maybe when the guys get up there too. You know. All right. All right. Maybe I'm talking too much. Okay. Amen. Um, we are blessed this morning. Amen. Because of who we serve. And we get ready for the word this morning. Um, this gentleman is, is a mighty man of God. He played big part in some of us being here. Amen. He really, really loves the Lord. He's very compassionate about the Lord. Amen. And he believes in what he's preaching. He don't talk the talk, but he walked the walk. Amen. So right now I'm going to ask you to stand. And last us getting ready to ask the Lord to use this vessel and ask the Lord to bless him, to bless the message, to open up our minds, open up our ears. Let us receive Elder Mac. Amen. Just put your hands together. Elder Mac, bring it. Amen. All right, Doug. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, we're standing. Let's look to God. Father God, we want to just say thank you. And we ask for your power today. We need your power, Father, though you sealed us yes. as believers with your spirit. But Father God, we need to go forward, Father yes. God, in this life, in this country. And Father God, I think this is an appropriate message, Father God, for all of us. So I ask that all of us would glean, Father God, from this, that you would get the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name. Saints, when you take your seat. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Title of this message. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I will complain. I will complain. Amen. Am I right? Though the songwriter wrote me that song, I won't complain. You know, he went all into got dramatic with it. Amen. That's how I might feel sometimes, you know. But human nature says otherwise. Amen. I will be I will complain because life's tendencies causes that. Amen. For we have a proclivity, amen, to complain whether we're saved or not. Amen. Saved or not, right? Amen. God's perfect knowledge of our frailty does not compel him to abandon us. For Hebrews 13, 5 says, he'll never what? Leave us nor forsake us as believers. But on the contrary, one writer said God's knowledge compels him with patience to comfort us with his grace 
and compassionate love for his weak and frail people. One of the writers of our Sunday school letter, lesson way back, Leslie Puryear, that was her name, she writes and said, uh, uh, more interesting things, however, is that our mere complaining, mere complaining, complaining almost never accomplishes what we want. It rarely, if ever, improves anything, and it typically reject, neglects to even address the actual problem. Now, I'm thinking that where she's coming from here is when you have a, a, a negative complaint. Because if you have a valid re, a complaint before God now, amen, you are subject to get an answer from him. Another writer by the name of David Hamburg wrote about two people, listen to this, two people. He said two friends, they met on the street. One looked very sad and on the verge of tears. The other man asked, why do you look like the whole world is caved in, has caved in? And the sad fellow said, let me tell you. Three weeks ago, an uncle died, and he left me $40,000. The other guy said, man, that's, that's not bad. Okay? Hold on, I'm, I'm not finished. I'm just getting started. Two weeks ago, my cousin I never knew died and left me $85,000, free and clear. <laughs> And the man said, the other man said, I would like that. Yes, but he said, wait a minute, last week, God rest his soul, my, my grandfather passed away and I inherited almost a quarter of a million dollars. And the other guy said, then how come you look so gloom? And the man said, this week, nothing. This week, nothing. Now that's sad. <laughs> Last week, unit, right? We was dealing with God's holiness. I mean, last, last court. I mean, yeah, last unit, right? This unit, which is unit number two, sees God's faithfulness. Amen. And we have three outlines, amen, in regards to this. The first one. Uh, it says the complaint of the multitude. Numbers 11, 1 through 3, to the cravings for meat, numbers 11, 4 through 6, and the complaint to God, numbers 11, 10 through 15. Just get a little brief history here. The first complaints were no graves at the Red Sea. They brought us out here to die because we see the most powerful army in the world pursuing us. You brought us out here to die. It wasn't any graves in Egypt. First complaint, he delivered him from the Red Sea. He told him, you, the, the enemy that you see here today, this, this Egyptian army, you will never see again. Exodus 14, 10 through 12. The second complaint of thirst was when God provided water, and he did a couple of times, amen, in the, in the 15th chapter of Exodus and in the 17th chapter. He said in the 15th chapter, 22 through, through 27, where he made the water that was bitter sweet 
with a tree, he told Moses to throw a tree in the water and make it sweet. Amen. Along with that, he provided an oasis, right? Amen. To boot. So in Exodus 17, 1 through 3, through 7, 7, amen, the second time, God told Moses to strike the rock for the water as, as, as well. Amen. You know, strike the water for, to get the water. Amen. Because they was crying and complaining about being what? Thirsty. Amen. So Masa was the name of the place where he did it because they tested the Lord. The next complaint was in Exodus, the 16th chapter, 12 through 15. God provided food when they were what? Hungry. He gave them quail. Now, we're talking about quail. Now, this is before, amen, this lesson right here. I mean, before they went to uh, Mount Sinai, they was on their way, which was nothing but a three-day journey. And we find in this lesson, three days out, same thing, started all the way back over. So God provided them food, quail in the evening, meaning that twilight, and manna in the morning, right early when the dew in the morning. Remember that song? But when the dew was in the morning, uh, manna was with it. Amen. From heaven. Amen. So the lesson said all of this was done three days, like I said, before they went to Mount Sinai. The more God showed himself faithful, the more they complained against him. That's a sad commentary for them. Now, here we go into our lesson. Lesson, I mean, Numbers 11, 1, 2, 3. Amen. The first verse is down. The people came like those who complain of adversity. This is the verse. Or troubled in hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of, of the outskirts of the camp. Consumed some. That means somebody on the outskirts of the camp. So after receiving the law, they're on Mount Sinai where the law, where God said, come, you know, told Moses, bring them to, the, to Mount Sinai. And that's what happened when I was reading these, these complaints. They finally arrived at Mount Sinai. And so here they were complaining so bad to Moses. Amen. Moses went up. He brought back down the Ten Commandments. Amen. And so the people didn't want to hear Moses. They got to the point where they want to hear Moses. And so they wanted God to speak to them. And so when God spoke to them, amen, the earth trembled. Big billows of smoke came up and all of that. So when he asked Moses, uh, uh, did anyone hear Moses? Moses went back and told God, he said, okay, I'll tell you what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to go back down there and tell them to consecrate themselves, sanctify themselves, put ropes around, boundaries around you. Because any animal or people were to come beyond this boundary, they will surely die. So Moses went and told them all this happened. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He there was up there for a year. So you would think going up 40 days and 40 nights, that should have been it. They should have been on their way to the promised land. Nope. A whole year. Because in the whole year, statutes and judgments, they had to be regulated. They had to know what's right and what's wrong before they went into the, into the promised land. So God said, well, okay, I'm going to break down the law for you in this whole year's time. So after all of that, amen, here we are on their way to the promised land. When the, when the fire of the cloud or the cloud of the Lord left the Ark of the Covenant, Amen. Because it was always a cloud. It was, the Lord was in this cloud because God is what omnipresent. He's everywhere. So well, how could God be in that too? And he was down there. No, God is omnipresent. Amen. He's everywhere present. Amen. So he was over the Ark of the Covenant. And so when they got ready, when God lifted, the, lifted his spirit or the cloud up, that means break camp. We're getting ready to move out. 
So after receiving the law, right, amen, it, they set out from, Mount, from the Mount of the Lord, which was Mount Sinai. Amen. It took a three days journey, three days journeys out with the ark in front of them to see. And so God was looking in the three days. This is what God was doing. He was looking for because he was Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He was trying to provide them just like he did for Abraham, you know. And he is a provider. Is God the same yesterday or today and forevermore? Well, he's a provider today. Amen. So, amen. He was looking for a place where they could rest. Amen. So here in this verse, we hear the Lord. We heard their complaint. The Lord heard their complaining. He heard their complaining. Wow. Wherever it was, it didn't give no didn't say what they were complaining about, but it could have, uh, amen, taken, uh, they could have taken it to Moses. Amen. They could have, because Moses was their leader. Take it to Moses, whatever you got, whatever problems you have, take it to Moses. Here, don't, we have, don't you go to your team leaders on your job and, amen, stuff like that. Don't we go and, and, and say, wait a minute, I got a problem over here. I mean, something's not right with this machine, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting myself. Something got to happen. Amen. And, and don't you go to, to authority. Amen. Same thing with the church. God put people in place of authority here in the church. We go to pastor. The pastor got some people that was in place. That, none of that. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ouch. Amen. So they could have asked Moses. And so whatever it was, it could have taken, taken it to Moses uh, instead of just complaining about it. So the grumbling and the complaining became so much a part, amen, of their nature. Any little bitty thing that would warrant a reason to complain. They did it. Amen. And so as a result, the Lord's anger burned. It, anger was ignited. Amen. Amen. He called it the, uh, uh, what, they, what they say that was, uh, his anger was uh, uh, kindled. Kindled. Amen. Against all of this. Amen. Though it, well, we do not exactly what uh, the, the particular specifics of their complaints were, whatever it was, it displeased God. Some people say that God sent lightning on the outskirts of the camp. But I'm big to, to, to differ than that because, you know, you had some folks, and we don't get into that in regards to who these people were that were complaining. So we know it was, I mean, if you want to look at it, Generally, it more likely was the Israelites, but we got a however here, right? So we know that in Hebrews, he sent fire, amen, or lightning, amen, that went throughout the camp. So we know that God is a consuming fire, is he not? So God is a consuming fire. So here in verse 2 and 3, because they got to go with verse 1, amen, maybe the people were grumbling like I said, and complained about Moses, but if that was the case, what has stopped them from going to him? But when Moses interceded, the fire stopped, right? So when Moses, so ironically, years later, right, when Elijah prayed, amen, similar. So God, when Moses prayed, the, the, the fire went out. And when Elijah prayed, the fire came down. So one went and the other was in, right? One went. Fire left, the other was sent because of the priest of Nod. He said, now, uh, if your God is the God, then uh, uh, we're going to drench the trenches with water and all this, but not to get in that story. Not to get in that story. Amen. So 
uh, we know that the effectual, because Moses was an intercessor, amen, so, and we are too. So the effectual uh, uh, fervent prayer, fervent prayer of the righteous, right? Uh, they did much. So Moses called the place Tabor, amen, amen. And it was an everlasting sign. He said, I'm going to name this place Tabor because all that complaining that was going on and people died, which means burning, to show the Israelites the sinfulness, right, of complaining. So the next verse, verse four, or the next uh, uh, outline, the cravings of the meat for meat in Numbers 11, four through six. So the rabble who were among them were greedy or the mixed, mixed what? Population was greedy with their desires. Amen. And so also the sons of Israel wept again and said, who would give us meat? I'm going to put verse five with this. And we remember the fish. Digging, digging, pray. Digging prison, y'all go fish. Yeah, you do too, don't you? Yes, sir. Amen. I love fish. I am not a fisherman, but I love to eat it. They said they remember the fish. Did, did, did the Israelites really have this thing? Because I was thinking about it. I said, wait a minute now. Pharaoh was tearing them up in Egypt. How in the world could they have all of this going on for themselves? Amen. He probably gave him some must, a cornmeal must for dinner. You know, however, they did eat what they were talking about here. Because they said Egypt was a very, very fertile land. They said the dirt was so black that they had to have at least two to three harvests every year of their vegetables and all sorts of animals and stuff like that. Just like they said, I've missed the garlics. I missed the leeks and all of this kind of stuff. They were there. And you know what? The least of people were really well fed, which was the slaves. Amen. Really well fed because the ones who were really prosperous and all of that, they had pictures of them. I was reading this in, a, in one of the Jewish aspects. And they was all fat and everything like me somewhat. Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And these were Egyptians. But you know what? Because of their, 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 their crops and all of that, you see, Egypt, I mean, was one of the most powerful countries at that time in the world. They had everything. You see how they buried it? They had pyramids and all this kind of, I mean, the, the, the knowledge, the mathematical stuff that they did and all this, they were very, very prosperous. Amen. We know what Joseph did and all of that, all the way back. We're not going to get into that either. Because I remember Elder Williamson said, some of these lessons that we have, they overlap each other. Sometimes we got to go back. To, to, to support a point in another lesson. Amen. But nonetheless, amen. Verse 4 said, the rabble, who are they? Amen. Among them, they were greedy. These was also the, uh, the, and also the sons, which they, they joined forces. But we will get into that. Who will give us meat? And we remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. Cucumbers, melons, and all of that. But the rabble or the mixed multitude were of the same community as the one in our last week's lesson when the young man was taken out of the, for blaspheming against God. He was half, half Jew and half, half Egyptian, I believe, and he was out there having a fight with one of the Egypt, uh, Hebrew boys, and he blasphemed God's name, and they heard him, they took him, and took him to Moses. So Moses they didn't really know what to do, him, so he took him to Moses so they could uh, uh, find out what to do with him. And God, and Moses said, well, it's not anywhere that is read that something's supposed to happen to him, so I'm going to take him, right, to... I'm, since God 
God spoke to Moses eyeball to eyeball, right? And so he took him and said, God said, he needs to die. He needs to die. Why? It's because he is going to set an example for all the rest of you guys. So when you get out of line like that, beware. Amen. How do how, how we know that even not today? Because God don't do that anymore. I mean, you don't really want to get beside yourself to find out, right? Amen. Nonetheless, we find Ananias and Sapphira, right? Amen. Ananias and Sapphira. Amen. What happened to them? So when he said, well, you lied to the Holy Spirit. What happened here to that, uh, uh, Ananias? Hell no, because he lied all over it. Still lied. And then his wife wasn't with him at the time. So when she went in, they did, uh, did you give all the money that you said you were going to give? And she said, yeah, because they had plotted that. They had plotted that together. They came up with that together. They said, yeah, this is what we're going to say when we get before. But they didn't, they counted, they did not count the Holy Spirit. He said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You're going to be taken out just like your father. I mean, it's just like your husband, because I guess she saw his feet been dragged out at the time. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Amen. But he said, you're going to be carried out just like your husband. She died. Bam. Just like that. Like I said, don't take him for granted. Amen. But the rabble, amen, or riffraff, I will say, amen, or a mixed multitude, were of the same communion, community as that brother that died, that God uh, told them to, to uh, execute, execute, right? They were all non-Israelites properly, these, these rabble people, and they could care less about God's agenda. Amen. They didn't care because they, hey, they weren't really slaves like the Israelites. They had other jobs and slaves and stuff like that. So, hey, they said, this is my opportunity because I don't want to do this no more. It's my, and so anybody that wanted to leave with the Israelites, they, they just joined in, right? They just jumped on the bandwagon. So once again, they reminisced about the food they had eaten in Egypt and all of that. Amen. And how bad things appear to be now. And it blinds us to the blessings. If, amen. If we, uh, listen, say, if complaining is a trap. Complaining is a trap. Amen. It only focus on, focuses on how bad things appear to be. It blinds us to the blessings God has provided for us all, everywhere, all around. Amen. Far as believers, amen, ain't no way in the world we should be complaining about absolutely nothing. Because he brought me out of darkness into his mind. I know what I used to do, and I'm going to tell you, I'm still in this body. This is my imperfection, this, this vessel right here. Amen. And uh, sometimes we have in, these enemies in and out. That would probably cause you to want to go back to your Egypt. And you say, just say, no way. Uh-uh, not me. I'm not doing this. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Amen. Just like that young man went into the bar that one time. Amen. He was in there. Well, it was a burlesque place. He went in there and uh, uh, he was telling his friends, man, it was so bad and everything up in there. Oh, man. Oh, man. He said, well, brother. How long did you stay? Oh, about two hours. <laughs> Pitiful. Took him that long. Pitiful. Verse 6. He said, but now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this old manna. Oh, manna. 
I mean, bread of heaven. Amen. For over a year, they ate nothing but manna from heaven, right? And they were blindsided by a mental mirage of what they had. Because where were they at this particular time? Were they on fertile ground? They were in a desert. Amen. But they wanted all these things. So that's what I'm saying. They had a mirage of eating something, which wasn't really feeling right, because it was a mirage. Amen. So, it, so it'll be another 39 years, and they had to get used to it because they only been in, in this situation just one little year. They had to wait another 39 years, amen, amen, of eating what? Manna from heaven. Amen. So they had better get used to it, right? See, manna was very nutritious. Oh, man. If anything, amen, manna, I mean, it, you, uh, I remember Elder Winston said it, it uh, in regards to your arteries and your blood, your high blood pressure. You won't have, I mean, this is manna coming from God. Amen. He knew that it was nutritious and he knew it was the best thing for you. Amen. And so, uh, amen. So, you know, it, it, uh, <laughs> amen. So he said, you can take manna and fry it. You can boil it. Amen. You can stew it. <laughs> amen. You can do all these particulars with manna. Amen. And it tasted like wafers. Amen. It tasted like cookies with raisins in it or something. It was real sweet. Amen. Amen. You can drink it or stew it into, mmm. Ooh, but they say, I'm so sick and tired of this. So here's our next line. He said, the, the complaint to God about all of this. Numbers 10, 11, 10 through 15. Verse 10. Now Moses heard the people weeping throughout the, their families, each man at his own doorway tent. You can just imagine. Because it was like, Couple of, at least a couple of million of people there in, in, in the camp. And so him, Moses going through there and everything, man, 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 man. He looked, every, which, every which way he looked, it was a complaint about only one thing, man. Amen. And, as, and so, it, amen, in the anger of the Lord, he heard it too, was kindled greatly while he was thinking. When I saw the verse, I said, oh, God, getting ready to deal with some fire here. Amen. And, and Moses was, was displeased just like God was. And this one writer, Ferguson, says, there is absolutely nothing wrong with our taking our feelings uh, to the Lord and asking him for help. We must realize, however, that we will never get anywhere, amen, if we blame God for our hardships and struggles. And you can't come to God with negative complaints because he's not going to hear you. You just might as well forget it. See, Moses had learned patience in the desert. Amen. Leaning and caring for the sheep. Right? Now he had to put up with the whining. Amen. And the grumbling seemingly in every... Somebody said, well, what about murmuring? Murmuring is somebody... You can't hear them. But see, God knows the heart, right? He knows what you're saying in your little murmur. Amen. If it's negative, he hear that. Amen. Some people are so ashamed, then they can murmur, murmur for the right thing. Amen. But when, you, when, you, when you're like... You don't really want to lose your job. <laughs> Amen. You might murmur or complain about something. Amen. But because you murmur, they can't really hardly hear you when you murmur. But when you start to grumble, that's out loud. <laughs> that's out loud. So uh, uh, like we said, he, was, he learned patience in the desert. But uh, what they were doing, these Israelites and these rabbles, amen, uh, it was contagious. 
their complaining was and it spilled over on their leader as well, which was Moses. And their complaint had gotten so bad that they had begun weeping and crying, right? Because they had to eat manna. They don't eat this no more. Yeah. But I mean, it was healthy. I mean, it was it tasted good and all of that. But they 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 felt that it was a burden. Amen. That uh, and Moses felt that it was a burden that God gave these people, and, and he laid these people's complaints, the things that they were complaining about, on him. See, Moses had gotten so displeased with God, he was uh, 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 to the point that he not only was became frustrated with the people, but he was frustrated as well with God. Amen. For giving him this assignment. Amen. It was, and so and so what he had done to this. So he said, well, wow, Lord, what have I done to, dis to displease you? So as a rule, my brothers and sisters, we should never approach God without reverential respect. Amen. See, uh, we can always, uh, he said, what he said, he said uh, we can come to the throne of God, huh? Boldly. Amen. So we can uh, to the throne and find grace and help in the time of need. Amen. Verse verse ten was I was it I who conceived all these people to God? Amen. You know he had a problem when he was on Mount Sinai and when, and when he went to eat the Ten Commandments, the written the written tablets. Amen. While he was up there forty days and forty nights, uh, it was a lot of riotous riot, riotous activity going down in the camp. So Moses told God told Moses, "You better get down there to your to your people, <laughs> right?" You better get down there to your people. Amen. So here Moses is going to try to throw that back up in God's face. He said, did I conceive this people? Amen. These are your people, Lord. Amen. And, and he was seeming like he was getting very, very sarcastic with God. I said, ooh, Moses, you better hold up, man. Amen. You can't get like that with God. Amen. He's holy, man. You just can't say anything. This is not, not only going into his presence without being sanctified or consecrated. You, you got to watch what you say, man. Amen. But it, 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 this is what he had to say. But you know what? We serve a long-suffering God, right? We serve a God that is so full of mercy. And see, he understood. See, he looks at us. He said, oh, this is what he's really. Then when he said the Holy Spirit uh, intercedes for us with groans and and, uh, and in, in which uh, we are not unable to understand. We here take your prayers to, to God and express it to God exactly how you feel. Amen. In regards to your circumstances, your situation and problems. Amen. He'll take them to God just like that. Amen. So uh, though he is a merciful and long-suffering God, and, 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 and uh, so he, he said, uh, so said, was it I who conceived this people? Moses said, was, I, was it I who brought them forth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a, as a nurse cares his nursing cat, uh, 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 child? Uh, and sarcastically, he was just questioning God. Uh, and, and God afflicted him with a big burden in the first place. He said, this was too big for me. It was, a, like I said, it was a bit uh, reminiscent of his objection of being sent to Egypt because he had a problem in the beginning. Remember? Oh, Lord, I can't speak. I'm not oratorical. Amen. Yes. You got to send somebody else, man. I, I can't do this thing. 
you know, like you had Aaron right there. So he went to, those two things, him and Aaron got into Egypt, right? And, and addressed Pharaoh about letting the people go. Amen. We find Moses taking over, talking and everything. Aaron was just left out of the picture. Amen. But this is the same thing. Amen. God was using him. Amen. In regards to the people. But he had a problem now with it. Man, but you've already been commissioned into this thing. But the people, I, I guess, you don't want to be with a whole lot of folk. Amen. Always, Pastor, you don't want to be around a whole lot of folk that every time you turn around, man, they are on your case with something negative all the time, all up in your face. You say, well, I, once I go here, there they are right there. Oh, I'm trying to go out the back. Oh, there they are at the door window. Amen. It's just that's how Moses was feeling with these folks. Amen. And he was so he was seeming so dissatisfied with his assignment with these people. Amen. And verse three, verse three, he said, where am I going to get? Amen. this is where the, the gist of the thing. And this is where God really saw what he was talking about. He said, well, I'm going to get me right for all these people, which was a legitimate what question for they wheat before me. Give, give us meat. Give us meat. Give us meat. There was no fast food restaurants at that time. Right. Amen. There was no convenience stores at that time, right? Amen. No Popeye chicken in my place. Amen. And we found early on the way to Mount Sinai, God had miraculously sent quail. Amen. There, we said that earlier in 1613. Now they were demanding meat again. But Moses could not see, Moses could not see no quail on the horizon. So where was he going to get something to satisfy him? He had to go to who? God. Amen. Amen. See, God was going to save the day. So verse 14 says, am I alone and able to carry all these people? Because it is too burdensome for me. In verse 15 with this. So if you're going to deal with me, he said, please what? Kill me at once. Do it right now. If I found favor, God know he had found favor in his sight. And do not let me see my wretchedness. Do not let me suffer this. And don't let me see it. I mean, just wipe me out without me even knowing it. Bottom line, Moses said he was finished. He was fed up. He was frustrated. Amen. And he was worn down to the brim. He was worn down. He was worn out. Amen. Moses pled to, plead to God was simple and blunt. He said, kill me. Please kill me, Lord. I pray thee, kill me. Moses wasn't the only person in the Bible who did. It was like that. We find Jonah. Amen. Jonah in the Bible, he's, he had a real bad temper in regards to God's uh, uh, wanting to uh, cause the Ninevites to repent, which was the Assyrians. We find later find in the Bible where they took the northern kingdom into captivity. Amen. So Jonah, you know, uh, he, he really wanted to see God just wipe them out. But God didn't want to do that. Amen. He was mad about that. Amen. We see Elijah's despair in 1 King 19 through 14. Amen. With uh, Jezebel. We see the, uh, cause, here, cause <laughs> Elijah was something else. Elijah did all of that. He caused the, the sky to shut up the rain. He did all of this. And I mean, it was a whole lot of episodes of uh, uh, Elijah. But when it came to, they told Jezebel what Elijah did. And she said, go tell Elijah, when I see him, I'm going to kill I'm going to kill you. He was so scared, he ran into a forest. 
Amen. And so he asked God to kill him because of her. Amen. But uh, we find another one, Job. We find Job asked God the same thing as well, Job 6, 8 through 10. Because you know what happened to Job. He was afflicted with all those boils and all of that, and this and that, family gone. And, amen. He said, just, I just about to wipe me on out, right? What did his wife tell him? You need to curse God and what? But what do you say? You sound like a foolish woman. Mm-hmm. Amen. So uh, the responsibilities of leadership was, uh, uh, but the resources he had to be in that position of responsibility, there was no need for them. And this is what they were requiring of him. So in verse 16 and 7, God heard Moses' plight. He said, God being long-suffering, I'm going to hurry up, you guys. And full of mercy, and had a solution for Moses' prayer. And it was for him to choose 70 elders, 70 elders, amen, to delegate some of his authority, right? And that he wouldn't burn him what, himself out, right? And we find a, a Sanhedrin later on and during Jesus' time adopted this same process. But they had to have a high priest, 70 plus the high priest, right? And we find as well God's word would impart his spirit. Amen. But one more thing before I go past that. Uh, we find Jethro in the Bible, had a, who was Moses' father-in-law. He said, wait a minute, what are you doing, man? He said, you're going to wear yourself out. Choose uh, some noble men, men who are able to delegate the authorities in hundreds and fifties and thousands, whatever. And then you take the weight of your matters, man, so you can get all that stuff off of you, man, because you don't wear yourself out. And it's somewhat like it is right now for him in this lesson. So here Moses was to tell them, count these guys, the 70, he was telling, not them, but the nation to consecrate themselves. Amen. Amen. Because they were going to receive, receive some more instructions from where? On Mount, at Mount Sinai, and God was going to give them food. Wait a minute now. Amen. And he said he wasn't, it wasn't Mount Sinai. Just strike that. Don't write that down if you're taking notes. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He wasn't giving them food. Just He said, I'm not just going to give them food. Amen. For, for 10 days, 15 days, 20 days. But I'm going to just give him uh, uh, this food for a whole month until it comes out of what? The nostrils. So Moses said, hold up a minute. That don't even sound logical, Lord. Here's 600,000 people. This, this was a problem. God, could, God, God should have came back on him and said, wait a minute. What did I just get through doing, man? Hey, man, didn't I just get through parting the Red Sea? Amen. But later on down the road, amen, we find the spies going over in the cadence of Benair, trying to go into the promised land. And when 10 came back with an unfavorable report and two came back with one that were positive, positive, and what did they say? The two, we can take this land. We can, why? Because they reminisced on all that God had done in the past. That's what we got to do. Amen. We don't necessarily, in a sense, have to really go through a whole lot of experiences as Christians. Why? It's because we got the word of God that gives us instructions and all these things that we see that the believers Genesis all, the way, Genesis all the way to Revelation, the believers in the Bible, supposed to kind of give us that faith, amen, that we need, amen, to, 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 uh, to please God. Because without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please him. And, but we, but he, he would, we would be like a rewarder. <laughs> without faith, it's impossible to be God. But he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek. That's faith. Faith in who? The God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, saints. Amen. We're no longer saying Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was Old Testament saints. That's what they used to say. The believer today says, 
the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he said it was like 600,000 men on foot, right? And this is what Moses was saying. How in the world could God do this? And man, this was just men. What about the women and children, which total over 2 million people, right? So God here in verse 23, God didn't uh, uh, argue with Moses about this. But he asked Moses, amen, in a, in a sarcastic way, he says, is God's hands too sh short? Amen. You see, too, this is our last in closing. He said, is, is my hands too short to deal with this situation that's going on in the land? Amen. And in a way, it was the answer. It was an emphatic what? No. Because of all he did and, and going to do, doing then, going to do, did already. Amen. Worse than that, he could have done that. So, um, and in the closing, this is what I'm saying in regards to invitation as well. Amen. You got to have some faith, man, to believe that God can go through all of this. It's got to be spirit led. Uh, we can be filled. We have to be filled with the spirit. Amen. And more than we got to get into the word and, and get in the word, we can gird up our loins so God can use us. We have, we got a pandemic now in this country. Amen. There's, there's, there's ways that we can witness. But you got to be consecrate yourself. Amen. Consecrate yourself to do a work for God. Amen. To do a work for God. And this is what he's saying. Amen. Ain't nothing too high for God. Nothing. Amen. We trust in the Lord with all that heart. All things work together for the good of, the, of them who love the Lord. Amen. He said in Psalms 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's adding ideologies and all of this out here that will give you, that they will give you so you can walk their way. As believing, we found a lot of compromising going on today in the church. You shut that nonsense down, or else, hey amen, there's going to be some consequences. And I don't know what to tell you that, what those consequences would be. But for us, those who don't know the Lord on Zoom and even here, those who don't know, there's a time, amen, and a place that God is wanting to have a relationship with you, and it's now. Turn that life over to the Lord. Amen. It before it's ever asking too late. Well, they, Hebrews 9 says it's, it's a dreadful thing to fall in the hands of the true and living God. Dreadful. Amen. Because there's hell, fire, and damnation waiting on you if you do. Especially if you don't know who the Lord is. And there's two judgments. For the believer, the judgment seat of Christ. And for the unbeliever, the great white throne judgment where you're going to go to hell if you appear there. So I'm just saying, amen. And this is Bible. This is what I live by. These are my convictions. And so I have to put them on you, too, because I love you. Amen. So uh, just like he told Mary, he said, anything impossible is too hard. That's what he told Moses, just like he told Moses. It ain't nothing impossible with God. Amen. How can this thing be? How can I have a baby and I don't know a man? Is anything too hard for God? And what happened? Jesus came forward. Amen. But nonetheless, amen, uh, and we have brethren. Amen. That will be with you. Amen. If you make a decision like that, amen, for strength, amen, getting your life back right, rededication and all that, amen, establishing that relationship that God wants. It got to be intimate, brothers and sisters. Establish that. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. That's it.